Thank you, God, for uh, this time to come aside, to worship you, uh, to seek your face, to hear your word, uh, and to draw closer to you and to one another. I pray that your Holy Spirit would come now and move in our midst to teach us and train us in how to travel through tough times effectively and joyfully. And I pray, Father, that your Holy Spirit would rest on me to bring your word to your people this day through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Paul writes here, beginning with verse 3, I thank God whom I serve, as did my ancestors, with a clear conscience, as I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. As I remember your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God, who saved us and called us to a holy calling not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began, and which now has been manifested through the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, for which I was appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher, which is why I suffer as I do. But I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. Follow the pattern of the sound words that you have heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. By the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the good deposit entrusted to you. May God bless to us this reading from his holy word. One of our elders at City Temple is a, a guy named Andrew, and Andrew and I are, are, uh, are good friends, as well as him being an elder of the church. And uh, Andrew grew up, actually, and, and his fa father was a pastor, and, uh, and wonderfully, that didn't put him off Christianity, as it does in many cases, uh, but his father was a Presbyterian pastor in Canada. And one day, Andrew and I were talking, this is about a decade ago, and a Andrew said, you know... Rod, my dad tells me that every pastor, even though we preach a lot from the Bible and everything like that, that every pastor seems to have one message that they come back to time after time after time, one core message of their preaching. I said, oh yeah, that sounds about right. And he said, you know, I think that yours is suffering. I mean, after all, I, everybody wants to hear sermons about suffering. Uh, you know, I, I, all the time on these comment cards that we don't have in the church, uh, I don't get all these comments about, oh, please, Rod, more sermons on suffering. I want to hear more about suffering. Uh, can you preach on suffering again? It really encourages me uh, to know how painful life is, is and could be. Uh, obviously, none of us want suffering and none of us think about suffering. Uh, and most of us try to avoid suffering. And frankly, there's nothing wrong with avoiding suffering. I mean, it's only kind of somebody who maybe is, is a little, I don't know, different that would want to suffer 
more and would want to ask God for suffering. In fact, Jesus tells us, lead me not into the time of testing or trial or temptation. In other words, don't lead me into suffering. I don't want to go into suffering. But the truth is, when we travel through tough times, it is a time for suffering. The nature of tough times mean that they are difficult, that there is a lot of hardship, that there is a lot of struggle, uh, and that there is a lot of suffering. And it's compounded by the reality that as we go through tough times as Christians, oftentimes we will suffer more. Because not only do we engage in the suffering, or we deal with the suffering that everybody else is going through, but also we deal with the suffering that we have to do for Christ. Because being a Christian is not easy. Being a Christian is not uh, a walk in the park, as, as we say. Uh, it has challenges, it has struggles, and there is suffering that is engaged with it. So we need to know, if we're traveling through tough times, what needs to happen regarding suffering. What do we need to do? And clearly the message here is that we need to embrace suffering. We need to embrace suffering. Paul, here in this passage, that's essentially what he's telling Timothy. See, Paul, at the time he was writing this, he was in prison in Rome, uh, probably under house arrest. Uh, that is not, you know, when, when somebody goes to jail, most people think that they've done something wrong. Just like when somebody gets crucified, almost everybody assumes that they must have done something to deserve being crucified, even if, like Jesus, they hadn't. And so there were a lot of Christians, even in that day, that were a little bit put off by the fact that Paul, the super apostle, was suffering, that he was in jail, he was in prison. Even then, there were many Christians that expected that the Christian life would become easier after we received Jesus, not more difficult after we received Jesus. And so even then, there were people who were offended by the idea that as Christians, we might go through difficult times, that we might go through suffering, that we might experience challenges and hardships. And they didn't like it. And many of them took issue with Paul. And that's one of the reasons why Paul is encouraging his spiritual son, Timothy, so that you know, he would not become one of those people. And also, so that Timothy would expect what's happening. And as you go through this text, you see repeatedly where Paul actually brings up the two things that we've said for this entire series that are actual prerequisites for traveling through tough times effectively. We cannot travel through tough times unless we keep our focus on Jesus and we're filled with the Spirit. We need to focus on Jesus and be filled with the Spirit. And repeatedly in this text, and I won't mention all of the different references there. You can read it again for yourself. Repeatedly in this text, Paul talks about focus on Jesus and be filled with the Spirit. Focus on Jesus, be filled with the Spirit. And Jesus and the Holy Spirit, they come up time and time and time again. That's absolutely essential. And Paul is really pressing that home with regard to Timothy. And then he raises this whole issue of suffering and he tells Timothy this, he says, share in suffering. That's actually one word in the Greek, uh, which means share in suffering, or suffer together. Uh, in other words, uh, we're going to suffer, we can suffer together, uh, we need to share in suffering, or what we have said here is embrace suffering. The reality is, 
that Satan cannot defeat a Christian who is willing to embrace suffering. The reality is that the world cannot overcome a Christian who is willing to embrace suffering. The reality is that the devil, that, that our flesh, our flesh cannot have the upper hand in our lives if we are willing to embrace suffering, if we are willing to share in suffering. And so we have to begin to set our minds even in times, and especially in times where maybe we're not suffering extraordinarily, to be willing to embrace suffering, to share in suffering when it comes. If we put our minds to it, then that is half the battle with regard to suffering. I love what uh, Roger Bannister, the first man to crack the four-minute mile, said. He said, the one who can keep going once the effort gets painful is the one who will win. And so often what happens for Christians, when it gets difficult, when there is suffering, when there are trials, when there's turmoil, we want to quit. We get offended by God. We say, God, if, if you really were loved me, you wouldn't let me go through all of this. Or, God, I, I, I'm, I'm, it's taken time for me to see the fulfillment of your promises over my life, and, and so I, I'm really upset because things are difficult and troubling and, and not easy. The times are tough and not easy. And so a lot of people get offended by God, and they walk away from God because things get challenging and difficult. And so Paul is warning Timothy, and he's telling Timothy, Timothy, you need to set your mind to share in suffering. You need to embrace it. When it comes, don't look for it. Don't go after it. Avoid it when possible. But when not, embrace it and go through it. You know, so often we prolong suffering by refusing to embrace suffering. Now imagine a plaster that you've put on, uh, you know, if you have arms like mine that are covered with hair, imagine a plaster you put on hairy arms, and I, and I have to take that off, and it's a big plaster. I've got two choices. I mean, one, I can peel it off bit by bit and pull out hair by hair, uh, and then it gets a little hard, and so I let it, you know, rest for a while. You know what happens when a plaster rests for a while? It goes back and sticks again. And so then I can go back and pull it off a little bit more, bit by bit. And eventually, if I do that, the sticky stuff on the plaster will wear off. And so it won't keep sticking. And eventually, it will start to, to fall off. And it might take two or three days, but I'll get it off. Or I can just look at that little puppy there on my arm and grab hold of it and rip it off. And it's going to hurt. And I'm going to go, ow! Uh, or I might use Karen's word, razzle-frazzle something like that, but then it's done. It's done. And so that's why Paul is saying, Timothy, share in suffering. When it comes, embrace it, go through it, get beyond it, and keep moving. But then the question comes, how do we do that? How is it possible? Now we've said a little bit, we have to keep our focus on Jesus, and we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. But I think the advice that Paul gives Timothy there in, uh, in chapter 1, uh, verse 7, one of the most famous verses of the scriptures is really true. He says, For God gave us not a spirit of fear, but of power and love and self-control. The first thing, if we're going to share in suffering effectively, we need to remember that God has not given us 
a spirit of fear. Uh, actually, it's very difficult to translate that word. There's not a lot of times when I pull Greek on you, but this would be one of those times. Uh, the word is not really the word fear. What it is talking about is a sense of cowardice that comes from anxiety about what's going to happen. In other words, if we, if we think that, oh, if I go to the dentist, you know, maybe the dentist is going to find some cavities, Maybe the dentist is going to have to pull out some of my teeth. Oh, I don't know. So I'm not going to go to the dentist. We get anxious, so we refuse to do what we need to do. And if you know, if you don't go to the dentist and, and your teeth has a cavity, then eventually you'll have to have a root canal, or eventually they'll just deaden and fall out. Uh, uh, or you could be going to the dentist and find out that actually your teeth are in really good shape. And so you have all this anxiety that kept you away from going to the dentist where you waste a lot of time and a lot of energy. And Paul is saying here, when we start to feel cowardly, when we start to want to draw back because we're feeling anxious about something, we need to understand that's not from God. That is not God. God is not creating anxiety in us. God's intention is not to make us timid, which is another translation. I think the NIV uses timidity, which is uh, also a good translation. Um, God is not trying to make us timid. God is not trying to create anxiety. He's not trying to create fear. And so when we are experiencing these things, we need to understand they're not from God. These things are not from God. And if we choose to do anything flowing out of a sense of anxiety, especially if it's causing us to draw back from something, we need to beware because sometimes that can create problems. And sometimes that can prolong suffering needlessly. So that's not from God. So what is from God? Well, God, by His Spirit, has given us power, love, and self-control. So when we're going through suffering, first of all, we need to understand that God has given us power. We have the ability to get through it. Let me tell you, I have been through some really, really difficult seasons in my life, and some of those seasons have lasted years, not months, but years, where, where it's just one thing after another thing after another thing. And I've been through multiple multiple year seasons in my life of difficulty and suffering and hardship that I've had to endure. And almost every single time, I didn't think I could make it. Almost every time, well, no, not, not almost every single time I've wanted to quit. Every single time I've wanted to give up. But every single time I've gotten through because I had power from God to do so. If we don't quit, if we don't get up, give up, we will get through. And many times what we do, we prolong our suffering because instead of going right through it, we withdraw from it and we have to go back around the journey again to go back through it again. God has given us power. He's also given us love. And love is this key thing that we need driving us through tough times. And this love is a zealous, self-giving commitment to others for their benefit. In other words, love causes us to focus on other people. It is so much easier to go through tough times 
when you're loving other people and you're going through it not only for your benefit, but also for their benefit. In the, very, the number of times that I've gone through multiple seasons of multiple year difficulties, one of the things that kept me going was realizing that I am not serving myself, but I'm serving Christ and I'm serving the people that God has called me to. And it doesn't matter how many of them or how few of them there are, that's my call, and I choose to love the people, and that keeps my eyes off the suffering. Suffering is always magnified when I'm focused on me, and it's always reduced when I'm really focused on others. And this is from God, and this helps us to endure the suffering, embrace the suffering, endure the hardship. And then the third thing that God has given us is a spirit of self-control. You cannot control your circumstances. You cannot control whether you're going through tough times. You cannot control what the Bank of England does or what the government does or what the opposition does. We can't control any of those things. We certainly can't control the Donald in the United States. We can't control uh, the Chinese uh, premier. We can't control any of this. We can't control the economy. We can't control our boss. We can't control our church. We can't control our leaders. But there is one thing in the Bible, one form of control that is utterly biblical, and that is self-control. And that's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. We can control ourselves. One of the things that really annoys me, and if you ever come to me for counseling, I'm telling you now, don't ever say this, because I'll jump on it. And I'm merciless when I jump on this. And that is, well... They made me do this, they made me do this, or this, this made me do this, or made me say this, or uh, they made me feel this way. And I'm like, no, they didn't. This is completely up to you. You are in control of yourself. If you're not, you're not a Christian, or you're heavily demonized, in which case, don't blame them, blame the demon. The truth is that God gives us a spirit of self-control. So when we remember that we need to embrace that suffering, remember that the, the cowardice and stuff we're feeling is not from God, and we know that God has given us the power and the love and the self-control to get through it that enables us to embrace our suffering. And it reminds us of exactly what Jesus himself did when he willingly embraced the suffering of the cross for us. That is our hope. And Jesus went through the most terrible of suffering to make the way so that we can travel through tough times effectively and in ways that bring glory and honor to him. Father, thank you so much. Thank you for your encouragement. Thank you for your promise that we can embrace the suffering and problems and difficulties, the tough times that come our way, and know that you have already given us power, love, and self-control so that not only can we endure it, but also we can thrive in the midst of it. And we thank you for that, and we praise you, and we honor you. You're such a good God, and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen.